This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hey everyone, we just wanted to give you a heads up at the top of this show. This is going to be a spoiler-filled discussion of the entirety of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've heard your feedback. You guys want a little bit of warning where we're going to talk about some things that you might not have consumed yet. So, here's your warning. Charles. Hello. Hi. So, we just finished watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's yep. Marvel's answer for the buddy cop movie, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like we could do better than mm. this and and we could do better even with just the characters picked uh-huh. so we get a little bit more like uh, uh odd couple kind of pairing so if if presented with that uh task charles who would you pull from marvel as maybe of an upgraded version of the marvel buddy cop movie and maybe not even just uh, limit yourself to just the mcu maybe what like bring in some new characters what do you think okay goodness um so are we sticking with just uh, a two-hander like yeah Okay, all right. Who's the good cop? Who's the bad cop? Who's the one who's been there for a while? Who's the zany, uh, uh, humorous one? What are we talking? You know, Shrek and Donkey kind of pairings. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I really, really, really want to see more of Simone Missick's Misty Knight, right? Mm. And a lot more of Christian Ritter's Jessica Jones. I know Jessica and Misty aren't really like, they're not close like that in the comics. You know, casual acquaintances. They know people, you know, they know each other through other people. But I feel like that specific kind of like, you know what? Um, We all just got blipped out of existence. You know, we were back. There's actual crime, 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 crime out here. And we are going (laughs) to get it done with like the focus of actual detectives who want to solve crime. Not we're going to go on journeys of (laughs) self-discovery. We're going to go solve some crimes. One All right. episode at a time. <laughs> Look for uh, the new series on Disney Plus coming this fall, Crime Crime. Uh, <laughs> let's move on with the show. Go. Welcome to The Real Canon, a new pod about the genre pop culture we all live, breathe, and help make happen in real time. I'm Charles Pulliam Moore, writer and culture critic at io9. And I'm John Reisinger, content creator and producer for Rooster Teeth Productions. Today we're talking about the first season of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier's season one finale has just hit Disney Plus and brought the latest chapter of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes' lives to an interesting close. Um, the show sets up a new status quo that's probably going to be a big deal in the MCU's future, but we want to dig into the finale and look back at the series as a whole to really unpack if this entire journey lives lived up to its expectations. Um, but first, we're rolling in the cannon fodder, our quick breakdown of an interesting news story that's caught our attention this week. And as luck would have it, um, it is very much on topic for this episode. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's it's it had to have been scheduled for the finale day if it's yeah. such a, a coincidence. Um, but Captain America 4... Um, has been greenlit with a go, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier head writer Malcolm Spellman and staff writer Dallin Musson, uh, they're going to be writing it. And that can either make you excited or worried, depending on how you felt about the show. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's the timing is very like, oh, no, who could have imagined? You know, it's it's, it's very, I guess this was sort of an inevitability because, you know, these, these things are all meant to sort of be like, teases essentially for the big you know for the big the big screen projects as much as these are their own you know self-contained stories we all understand that the mcu is you know an entire universe of stories many of which exist in theaters um 
you know, this would be the fourth Captain America movie and presumably the first with the new Captain America. Something that I, I want to get into talking to you, uh, I want to get into talking about the show, was how, weirdly enough, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier never really treated Sam becoming Captain America as... Um, an inevitability. Mm. And there was a question as to who was going to be the next Captain America. Um, yeah. That is something that was a really big question and is sort of still a big question as you head into the season finale. And I think that you could very easily had not watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier and still have that question, um, having heard this news, right? Um, and I think that that's, I'm not sure if that's by design or if that's just sort of, you know, something that has been an unintentional side effect of the scheduling of all these things, obviously, because, you know, the thing that's always in the back of my mind is like, this was supposed to be the first Disney Plus series, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously there are through lines um, between WandaVision and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, but that's not, you know, the Scarlet Witch movie, or at least that's not how it's being framed right now. You know, it's still, you know, the, the next Doctor Strange movie, but this is like, all right, well, um, you've seen, you've heard that there's a Falcon in the Winter Soldier movie. Well, the next, or rather series, the next big thing that's coming out is a Captain America movie. Yeah, I, I guess uh, in the difference between Wanda and and Falcon, the shows, Wanda felt a little bit more like its own story that had a beginning, middle, and end in the show. And while it did, like, you know, set up things to happen in later versions, it, it wasn't um, so much of an origin story like the Falcon and Winter Soldier was, which is literally just the origin story of Sam taking up the Captain Mantle. But with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, with how it's ending, it very much feels like um it's really cementing this i don't know connective tissue that people are going to have to follow in order to continue to participate in mcu mm. on, a, on a big level because you can't tune into the later movies now without having a disney plus subscription mm. uh, unless you want to just like look up the wikipedia and read what happened during that tv season that you didn't watch Right. Like, I feel like whatever ends up happening in Doctor Strange, um, when Wanda shows up, it's not just going to be without any explanation. There will be enough to be like, well, listen, post-snap, some stuff happened to her, right? And now she's got this new costume and she acts a little different. You know, if you want to know more, go check out the series. Whereas with this new Captain America movie, because, you know, the Captain America has essentially been taken off the table, um, short of reiterating everything that happened in the series um this film i i, I feel like it's it's like, like you said it's essentially uh, the, the falcon and the winter soldier functions as homework that's kind of essential in order for you to really get the full you know to get the full import of this new captain america being the headliner in a new cinematic story yeah and now i just i really want to get into talking about my opinions of this show so i think we should get into the state of the canon So Falcon and Winter Soldier, six episode long series, mm. uh, a build up all the way to, you know, uh, Sam taking up the shield and there, a, a, a literal title change at the end of the show, yeah. um, changing it to Captain and the Winter Soldier, um, Captain America. Uh, so we, we kind of made our opinions be known to a degree after watching what the first episode is all we had seen. Yeah. 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 And we had blessing on, um, and the, the, it, it's been interesting to watch people's reaction for this show as it's gone by. And as I've, as I kind of like made my initial opinions in that, 
Um, this is one of the rare instances of Marvel, you know, laying the gauntlet down and really updating its its story and canon to a certain level. And I'm I'm not into it. While it seems like I might be the minority of the of the fandom uh, in having a critical eye of this show, it seems like a lot of people are digging this and i and i'm 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 actually i'm very curious like if you charles have a theory of why um yeah i do and it's the theory is pretty simple um it's just that like you know twitter is not the entire internet you know it really sort of and i i i i I say this knowing having felt that myself and then sort of talking to a friend who brought me into a group chat of a few dozen people who were all, you know, um, I don't want to say uniform in our feelings about why the show wasn't working, but the mm-hmm. general sentiment was like, oh no, like there's something going on on, you know, the Twitter atmosphere, but like th- there are very substantive issues with the way that this story is um, bringing these characters back into the fold and trying to do, um, trying to put them put them on these, you know, journeys of self discovery and evolution while also touching on social issues and really doing a piss poor job all around. Um, I think that there is a way in which, how to put, when when one of these movies or series comes out and they are good, there is a way that the fandom machine kicks in in like the best way possible, right? Um, the fans who were already primed to go, you know, apeshit for the thing. Um, are sort of bolstered by the, let's say, like less enthusiastic viewers who might not necessarily have the same kind of emotional investment, but are also getting something out of um, the series. So, you know, as much as Endgame and Infinity War come to mind, I the thing that comes to my mind is Black Panther, right? A movie that is pretty universally loved. I will not, like, I love the movie. There are some issues with it, right? Some of the CGI is kind of like, eh, whatever. But it was that, like, you know, that sort of perfect storm of very solid and stronger than average superhero movie featuring a predominantly black cast touching on these issues about race in a really sort of pointed and direct and refreshing way. And the fans are loving it. The critics are loving it. You know, it all sort of works together. I think that part of what's happening with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that sort of like fandom instinct to reflexively love the thing just because it is present is very present here with some of the reaction to this show. Um, and that's, I think I, part of the reason that I, I, I feel this way is when I've expressed my feelings of, Oh, I don't really think that this show is doing a particularly good job of actually digging into the realities of race in the MCU. Um, a lot of people have responded, oh, like, that's not even what I'm watching this show for. But I find that very hard to believe when the show itself goes out of its way to be like, no, 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 like, we are talking about race, right? It's funny you say that, because I, I, I'm realizing I can mirror almost the same response from people, not that I've, like, confronted them on that issue directly, but when because I, I haven't really talked with a lot of friends in depth about the show than, like, tertiary levels of, like, are you enjoying this, but whenever any of them who do enjoy it are responding of like why they enjoy it they're they're not they are like what you just said they're not watching that show right but the thing is whereas i think that that sort of dynamic can really present an interesting thing to consider with something like wandavision where people aren't necessarily attuned 
to the degrees to which like grief is a part of the story and they may not necessarily feel the need to explore that for themselves. Sure. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very explicit about its desire to think about race, right? This series is nothing if not a series of montages and after-school moments about race in America. <laughs> and so when people say, well, I'm not even watching it for that, I'm like, well, then you're, then you're purposefully looking past a rather core element of the show that, to my mind, is supposed to be one of the selling points, right? So if that's what it takes for you to say, oh, well, the show is still fun, I think that you are really bending yourself into pretzels to really look aside from or make excuses for something that is really a weakness for the show. Um, this episode is about the finale, but in prep for it, I went back to watch um, the first episode, right? I like mm. to do the, con the contrast. I'm like, all right, here's where they were in the beginning and here's where they are now. Um, and we went from Sam working, you know, with the Air Force to, you know, do some slightly, slightly, you know, very, very close to the line, like illegal things for the American government um, to existing in this legal and moral gray area at the end with like a new costume and, you know, some speeches prepared. And I feel like as a show that is meant to be an examination of what it means to not just be a black superhero, but be a black superhero who is put on a pedestal within, you know, a media obsessed society in which your race mm -hmm. is, you know, a rather significant part of the way that people, you know, perceive mm -hmm. you. Um, this show did nothing in terms of telling me what Sam's personal view on reality is, right? Um, yeah. My biggest critique of this, you know, for Sam in particular, was that everything about him was reactive throughout this series. Yeah. Um, you know, that is that is a hallmark of an origin story, which I suppose you could say that this is, but Sam is not new. You know, that is all that has been one of my other critiques is like Sam is a grown man. Sam is also a character who is not new to this universe. He's yeah. not new to superheroing and operating, you know, within the orbit of the Captain America identity. Um, this should be old hat to him. And at no point did I ever really get a sense of Sam looking back on any of his experiences and letting those inform him in a way that led to him making a smart decision, right? Everything Sam did, he was like, all right, well, they did that, so I'm going to do this. And then he does something, and then it ends up sort of backfiring and ending up with him, you know, having his ass handed to him metaphorically or literally. And that to me is sort of like, you know, that you can read that as, oh, the hardship that all the good Captain Americas have gone through, right? Like that, you can see that as a parallel to, you know, Steve's early days, you know, pre-serum. Uh, pre but that was, you know, Steve is, a, you know, not a child, but like as a youth, you know, as, yeah. a, as a weak, you know, as yeah. a weak young man who, you know, truly didn't know anything about the world because of his inexperience and his, you know, his conviction in trying to do the right thing is what got him to being Captain America. Sam is, you know, mid thirties, you know, it's, it's like, bro, like you, 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 not to say that you shouldn't be able to make mistakes in your path to like, you know, your next level of greatness. But I was, I, I personally have not been inspired by this Captain America story, this Captain America origin story. I, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I, I can't. As much as the show is like, look at how the kids look up to him. And I'm like, I think that kids look up to most adults because most adults are taller than them. You know, you put, you know, and you put, you give them a big shiny shield. And of course they're going to be like, what is that? But in terms of inspiration, I did not get that. I didn't get that from this. It's been hard for me to watch this show. I think, uh, 
because I, you can tell from the show, I think canon is important. And I mm. think that there's a lot that um, can be, uh, there's, there's a lot of value that previous stories and previous work on characters brings to, um, you know, the next iteration of it. And that if you completely ignore, you know, what you've set up to make, you know, to, to, to change these characters, I hope you do it for a reason. Mm. I say all that because I feel like, all of the work they put into developing Sam and introducing Sam in a certain way and, and uh, you know, involving him in the previous films, they, for lack of a better word, they nerfed him in this series. They, mm-hmm. they like, reset a lot of his skills. Um, like, like, again, I'm using a lot of, like, gaming terms, but it's like they reset his character to, to build it up to a new spec and the new spec, you know, sucks. And because, like... You think about the Sam that was running a therapy, you know, uh, uh, group in the VA and everything like that. And mm-hmm. the Sam who uh, worked alongside Cap and even was like a, a prominent, uh, you know, first member of the Avengers initiative after S.H.I.E.L.D. was uh, dissolved and everything like that. And then he just feels like the way they wrote him. And even like the direction that I assume they gave Anthony Mackie and even some of Anthony Mackie's performance just felt like they were playing him up to be quite naive, Mm. just having to go with the flow with everyone else's ideas and not really someone who was an established hero. They made him very passive. And then when they, I, I know they probably wrote that in hopes of, you know, over the course of six episodes, building him up to be in this, this big captain, you know, leader character um, obviously culminating in like that big speech that was in the finale. I, I just didn't buy it because it just wasn't, it, it was like you had him in a, in a space where he didn't need to have that build up, but because you wanted to have that hero story, apparently you decided to ignore previous iterations of him and, and make him and just write him clunky and, and clumsy in, in certain ways. I, I, that's all I could, all I could feel the entire time I'm watching, which is why I think I kept Every time I'd hear a friend, you know, say they were enjoying it or someone saying that they're having a great time, you know, uh, keeping up with the show, I just was confused because I'm like, are we watching the same treatment of a character that's been around for the past like 15 years? Yeah. They did that less with Bucky and, and, and Bucky felt a little bit more connected to previous work. Um, and, I, and I don't know if that's just sebastian stan or just you know they gave him certain moments that they were able to do with bucky but even then like the show as a whole felt flat it felt uh like it it assumed that the the audience didn't know these characters and i felt like it assumed the audience was a little bit dumber than we are it's wild to me how in making so many callbacks um to previous depictions of these characters um rather than sort of Um, creating like a narrative echoing between movies like the winter soldier and civil war and this series Um, the falcon and the winter soldier really kind of ended up uh, i felt like telling on itself um, just in you know sort of retreading old ground and not really hitting the beats as well like i'm thinking literally of the opening scenes of the finale you know sam after opening up you know the wakandan um, gift case um, rather ominously and you know the, the big teaser being like "Ooh, what's in it it's like well we, it's a new suit but he you know he crashes into the grc building in the finale you know in the new suit and he's got the shield and it's supposed to be this heroic moment but it's 
because this series has had the momentum of a TV movie that's been chopped up into six pieces, the momentum that was at the, you know, the end of the fifth episode is completely gone as this one opens. Yeah. It makes me think of like what a different presence Sam has when he first shows up in Civil War when they're in Lagos, right? And, you know, the Avengers are out there operating sort of inappropriately, but like a well-oiled unit. And yeah. Sam in particular as like the newbie of the group and someone who relatively has the most awkward powers given, you know, he's got wings and like it's, a, it's, it's you know, a, a tight space. You see him like moving through space um, just in terms of like his ability to navigate the situation. It's just like, oh shit, like he's ready for this, right? He's so prepared for all of this. In this finale, as soon as he crashes through that window, the vibe that I just got was like, there was a rather consistent lack of elegance to everything. Everything, it's sort of like all of the heavy handedness of the show's metaphors and ideas became physical, both in the fights and in sort of like the way that um, the way that Sam is wielding the shield, um, which I thought, I guess, was sort of like a stylistic choice um, that was meant to be like, you know, like Sam's not Steve because you see him as opposed to like bouncing things off. He's just like throwing the shield out the window and he's like, it's OK, I'm going to go fly for it. And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's cool. But. To what end, you know, and all of it, it's supposed to mean something, you know, it's supposed to him being out wearing this suit in the middle of the night when it's not the most visible is supposed to be his big outing and his debut as the new Captain America. And as it was, I kept thinking to myself, whenever someone commented like, that's, is that Black Falcon? You know, and like, no, it's Falcon. Like, no, that's Captain America. I'm like, how can y'all even tell who that is? <laughs> like, really, like, but like, like, honestly, not to say that, oh, like, who else could it be? I'm like, well, you don't know how many jetpack wing people there are out there. Like, the world is a strange place. Talk about an after school special moment that interacted between those two civilians on the ground is like, is that Black Falcon? No, that's Captain America. Like, come on. <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, okay, all right. That's what that's I I have I have so many so many weird feelings about the big speech that Sam gives um, that is, I guess, supposed to be the distillation of everything that he has learned over the course of this series, yeah. but never really telegraphed on his face or in any of the conversations he's had with anybody. But he is. Yeah, apparently, you know, he got a bunch of speechwriters together and decided that giving it on television would be the ideal method of delivery the thing that really sort of like mm, that hasn't really sat right with me is that this show in the end realized that in order to sell the idea of a black captain america the black captain america would have to essentially like market himself to the public you know like yeah. that was an infomercial like that wasn't and not in, in, and that's not to say that you know, every heroic moment in a superhero movie, that, that is what that is, right? Like when, yeah. um, when Superman is holding the building together and it's like, oh man, look how strong he is. Like, that's like, see, like that's how much he cares, right? Um, it's usually that idea that that essence of a character is conveyed through a specific action. And this show does both of them, right? You have that moment where he catches the bus thing that's about to fall and you see that it's him and his wings and the two little red wings. And it's like, oh, cute, cute, cute. Um, but then he's like, well, I know that's not enough. Right. Um, and it's it's weird. It's weird because the question is like, well, who who like some some there is some presence within this show that understands that Sam just saving lives is not going to be enough to sell him as Captain America. I don't know whether or not it is Sam within the MCU being like, I need to be twice as good at this thing. And so I'm going to redouble 
myself and everyone's minds by giving a speech also, or if it is the writer's room being like, oh, we didn't really, we didn't build this up enough, right? And so in case anyone still has any questions in their mind as to why Sam is the Captain America, which are, you know, valid questions that you could have because this series really didn't do much to illustrate why, the writers are like, well, let's come in and fix it. And I just... I'm going to like constantly be uh, in my head and even in this podcast comparing the show to WandaVision because you can't help but do it. They're the two shows that came out back to back to each other. You know, if a show, if a Star Wars show came directly after Mandalorian, we'd all be comparing it to Mandalorian. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, But the way that, that I feel like the writers for WandaVision were able to express and explore the theme of WandaVision, which you already talked about earlier, is the, you know, is the grief of Wanda and loss mm. and, and, and dealing with trauma and that kind of thing. It, it had a progression and used, you already used the perfect word, elegance to it, that made sense, had an arc and flow to it that didn't feel stuttered or there was no like catching up moments um and uh, while the show like yeah it had it's, it's it wasn't you know it wasn't always on point like it had its moment no no, no. It, it, it wasn't always on point and it definitely had like that finale issue of just i don't know uh, it, it it had some wrapping up too fast at the end of the finale which can often happen with these shows i think that's that's probably one of the hardest things to land um with these you know short form mini series kind of things falcon and winter soldier i don't feel like the writers knew what the, the characters changed every episode they did without without enough explanation of why even like isaiah bradley at the end uh when when sam shows him the the museum exhibit right like we got you we got you a statue at the back of the exhibit and it's like great we got you a statue at the back of the exhibit and it's like well i'm sorry did you make sure that his being exposed to the public still isn't going to get him murdered and disappeared because that was sort of his big concern not fame but like the people will come for me and kill me yeah like i but but they don't address that at all and and not only do they not address it but then isaiah is just immediately teary-eyed and thankful and i'm like hold on like why why is he teary-eyed and thankful when he just begged sam an episode ago to to not expose him and not just that but told him black man you're a fool if you pick up that shield like you know it's just like and 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 sam's like well maybe so and it's just like that is such a as as a black man i will say this if someone comes up to you and says hey you are doing something that is sort of antithetical to the plight of our people in this country you don't just brush it off Regardless of how you feel about it, it's something that sticks with you. And I think that that kind of interiority was wholly missing from Sam's characterization this show in this, in this show. I think that Isaiah Bradley thing is a great example of how I feel like the, the writing direction of this show was drinking its own Kool-Aid a little bit too much. Mm. In that they believed that Sam's speech, the speech delivery that he did, everything like that, was enough to convince everything that isaiah had been feeling and was was you know believing to be his reality and i guess as a viewer myself i disagree i don't think that speech was enough i don't think that was the braveheart speech that i think they thought they were writing but it you know i want to be clear i i understand that this is just my viewpoint and that there is clearly something else some other people were watching with the show that meant something to them so i don't want to wholeheartedly denounce that and i i want to try and not completely stomp on people's experience Mm. um 
which I feel like we've done so far. Well, in the no, because well, <laughs> no, because I feel I well, I well, then you know, I I want to push up against that and say, you know, the things that I am expressing that I sort of find distasteful about this show aren't really a reflection on anyone who likes the show. Be, you know, well, rather they shouldn't be. I don't think. And if you, th- I agree, I agree with that. And but the thing is, right? I do think though that if you are looking to this kind of show for a baseline of what sort of, you know, heroic social politics one should move through the world with. I think that it is an opportunity to really re-examine like what you're looking for, because I don't think that looking to this as being like, this is the, this is the bright star that we should follow here in terms of, um, you know, what an idealized hero who is engaged with the realities of not just, you know, systemic racism, but just the ways that power move in a society. I don't think that looking, I don't really think that you, I don't think that there's anything particularly admirable about this series. Um, you can like it for the action and that's fine, but I don't think, I don't know, I feel like if you think the criticism of this show is an indictment of oneself, it shouldn't be. And if it is like, ooh, like, hmm, break up with the show a little bit. But I think I do think that one's actual social politics should be more nuanced and dynamic than the ones that were put on display in this show. I stand by that wholeheartedly. I, yeah, and I definitely will. I, I, I forgot to bring up something that that you made me think of a little while ago of, of the, the way that the, the fandom interacts with these shows in that it's something that I didn't notice until recently was that a lot of weight like the fandom while there might be people who enjoyed it they definitely weren't grabbing onto these characters and these moments and these arcs the way they were with wanda and and one way you can tell with that is just even how the internet you know communicates with its shows is through memes Mm, yeah and finding those those moments and memes don't even have to be from silly shows they can be from serious moments no but i think that it's very telling that in this show that is supposed to be about you know the evolution of sam and bucky both them becoming new kinds of heroes and them becoming new kinds of friends i think it's very telling that like the biggest meme to come out of this is Zemo dancing, you know, and that, and that's not me. Right. That's really not me like making a joke here. I'm like, Oh, like that's what you, okay. Like, okay. But, th- but, but that was even like, that was even a corporate orchestrated meme. Right. And so it's like, oof, goodness. Um, you know, that's not to say that that's not to say that inorganic engagement can't be fun, but no, for a show that is supposed that that is trying to be like, Hey, we're the serious kind of show, but we also like to have fun. I feel that for it not to really pick up, with people i don't i mean that's not necessarily always you know it's not always a reliable indictment of a show but i just feel like the show was not firing on as many cylinders as it thought it was you bringing up like wandavision i the you know the thing that wandavision had going for it in its favor um is that its focus was very much more so just on the couple you know it had its supporting cast and you know vision was very much part of the story but it was wanda's story right yeah whereas the falcon and the winter soldier has more of an ensemble cast and mm-hmm. everyone's sort of central motivations or the ideas that they were revolving around were different you know whereas wanda even though there was grief and trauma it was mostly grief that she you know she was dealing with i think bucky is very explicitly like he's trauma the person right and he's working through that in many ways and sam sam's is a bit more complicated it's not just racism i think it is just like i think sam sam is you know grappling with legacy right grappling with legacy as one becomes a hero um and that encompasses a lot of things that have to do with race and identity um and you've got characters like i will like just like i just want to bring it to bucky for a second I don't like by the end of this, I, I, in the same way that I feel that the show really failed Sam in terms of 
you know, showing me who he is as a person, you know, showing, showing me who he is, you know, behind the shield. Um, mm-hmm. This show also really failed Bucky in terms of getting that man some help. You know, it, yeah. you know, we, it, uh, there was, there was, I, I want to know your thoughts on that moment where he turns in the notebook to the therapist and says, thanks, doctor. Were you like me? We were like, that's not how therapy works. But that's the thing. That's exactly how therapy does not work, you know? And it's like everything about the brusqueness and inappropriateness of the therapy, you know, of the, his relationship with his therapist from the beginning of the series, you know, that all worked kind of as pretense for like, all right, but the show's actually going to, you know, set up um, an alternate route for, you know, catharsis for Bucky. Right. And mm. the idea in my mind was like, oh, it's going to be Sam, you know, because that's what his background is in. Right. You know, this not corporate, but this um, this governmental therapist whose job is to just make sure you're not a liability is not going to give you the help that you need. But this person who you don't expect to be a source of help for you is that all would have made perfect sense. But in the end, you know. He has this adversarial relationship with therapy and his therapist that I think falls into the trap that a lot of fiction that depicts therapy does, where it's sort of like you as someone who is in therapy, you can have this really sort of aggressive and like, I'm going to prove you wrong attitude. Everyone's relationship with therapy is different, but I think that the gung-ho cowboy energy that we tend to depict a lot of men in therapy and in fiction is not helpful right Mm. um i think that man like i don't need to talk about my problems i'm gonna go and shoot some more people my arm's gonna fall like bro like that's really not that's not healthy right Mm -hmm. if in the end you know removed from all of the you know from all of the whiz bang wow you know the gandalf jokes um as a story about a man who was a killing machine for the bulk of his life lost everything you know, didn't exist, came back into existence. And now he's just trying to figure out how to live. The show did nothing with that. You know, in the end, you know, he uh, admits what he did um, to that man's son. And there is no, that is a resolution in the, in, in, in the sense that that is a period at the end of the sentence. Mm-hmm. But what did that do for either of those people, right? That man's relationship with the man who he thought was his friend is presumably ruined, right? Yeah. And Bucky is still dealing with the guilt and, you know, he's completed this process, this unhealthy process, not necessarily an unhealthy process, but a process that has been mired in unhealthiness because of his relationship with his therapist. Congrats. You finished that. And now what? Now you've been invited to a black cookout. Great. Do those people own that (laughs) boat? We don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't like there's no I all of these all of these humanizing uh, like orbiting issues around Sam and Bucky, right? Will the Wilson family boat stay in the family? Will Bucky be able to atone for all of his sins? They are addressed in the most, you know, tertiary of ways out of the corner of your eye, you know, in what feels like a threat of another montage. And it's like, well, okay, but God, this show loved its montage. It loves the montage. And I, I get why the show loves a montage, right? A montage says, like, look, time is passing and things are happening, right? Like, development. And here's a song. Right. <laughs> and it's like, but when I come out of, you know, the um, out of the montage um, wormhole, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel it. And that I feel is, it, ironically, of all the characters I feel like could have used a montage, um, I feel like John Walker and Carly could have used something right just (laughs) because uh, even up until now right um 
Carly, um, I don't know what her plan was. I don't know what she was going to do. I don't either. I don't really. I'm sure. I'm. Sure, and here's the thing. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a, a very specific like. Well, here's she was going to blow these things up, and she was going to stop all these people from um, moving. You know, from you know resettling people at gunpoint. Right. I don't. Right. I don't know how killing a bunch of. I don't know how blowing up the GRC was going to do that. Right? right. Like, sure, all those people would have died. If anything, that just would have spurred further further uh, further movement in that direction but not as organized right it would have just been like let's start you know let's start shooting you know the displaced people because there's terrorism afoot yeah and that was even on the other end my reaction to uh sam's speech to the senators where i was like i don't know i guess i'm jaded about politics but i don't think one man standing in a street you know giving a speech to these senators was actually going to change any legislative policy having lived through because that that's another thing right like there's so much about this show that is clearly trying to borrow from the realities of our politics right when john walker killed that man that was the marvel cinematic universe's equivalent of an officer involved shooting you know quote unquote exactly right it's like oh look at the superhero murdering someone in broad daylight as everyone watches okay okay Here's Sam Wilson giving an impassioned speech, right, as the new leader of the superheroes. That's not what Captain America is, but that is kind of the shorthand that that you can use characters like Captain America as a shorthand for that kind of figure in, you know, Marvel's comics and, you know, these mm -hmm. movies. And so it's like, yeah, OK, cool. You know, the new, you know, the new leader of the Avengers says, look, you could all end hunger with a phone call, but do you? And it's like, have you met a senator before? Have you met evil senators? <laughs> like evil senators who hide bodies in comic books and, you know, orchestrate deals with aliens? They don't care. And it's like, right. all right, great. So you've got the public on your side. When has the public ever really played a role in the realities of these movies, right? Now, that's not to say that that shouldn't be the case, right? Because, sure. yeah, they are people who live in this world. They should have feelings about these superheroes. But the amount of interaction that the Avengers ever have with the civilian public makes the idea that Sam's impassioned speech on TV becomes the new, like, you know, super, you know, secret superpower that he has that makes him the real Captain America. That, to me, is just like, Okay, like I don't think that's gonna hold up very well. Like, what 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 happens when the next invasion happens, right? Then what what does what does the goodwill do exactly? What does that mean? Yeah, I I don't know if I have the answer of like how they could have fixed this, but it was it was like especially in this finale, which is supposed to be the buildup of like you know obviously the finale of these shows is there's supposed to be some big action piece and some sort of big fight and big stunts and that kind of thing. You know, Spider Man fights the Vulture, and you know. Captain and Bucky have a fight on top of a crashing uh, helicarrier and all that kind of stuff. And they usually are a moment for the hero to really show off their stuff. Mm. And it made watching the montage at the uh, near the end of episode five leading up to, you know, uh, Falcon really getting to show off his stuff in this, you know, all these action set pieces in the finale. It made it clear that, again, they I felt like they turned him into something unimpressive um in that again like you you fail to to show me what does the falcon bring to the team in a you know either a physical way or even a, 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 a an emotional way compared to like how what they convinced me to think that someone like you know uh, 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 steve rogers brings to the team on a physical or even emotional level or any of the other characters that kind of thing what does you know 
vision bring to the team on in that kind of thing and it it just i you know for instance like what why did we need to see sam working on his flips like what what was that in in the montage like sam's throwing the shield and working on this one cool flip move that then he shows off that he can do in the opening action sequence of the of the finale oh so you know so here's so the thing is right Mm, nerds are really big about um, continuity things and like excuse me um, I don't recall him learning how to do that flip in any of the previous movies <laughs> how did he learn how to do this uh, nah, no 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 I, I, I think that like <laughs> that I, I, I'm thinking about how this show essentially became like you, you bringing up like oh these things usually lead to like a big fight between the hero and the villain and this show decided to try to make the ultimate villain like the establishment right and so it's like sure oh, okay yeah. sure anti-disestablishmentarian like let's go like let's go for yeah. it like that's what that speech was supposed to be like yeah, yo yeah, senators yeah. Well, you're the real evil like with your complacency but that is such a that that is a very lofty position to take for sure. uh, and not wrong but like i can't help but think to myself how can you level that reasonable accusation and yet at the same time still carry that shield that is, you know, drenched in the blood of like in Isaiah Bradley's blood? Like that man is still alive. You know what I mean? He's not even like yeah. he's not even dead in the ground. Like that is the man who's you know, <laughs> a man who was tortured for this thing is still right. living and recently told you not to pick it up. And here you are throwing it around on TV, you know, um, as self-promotion. I, I, I want to pivot to John Walker for a second, because in in talking about like who the villain for this show was, you know, the, the episode very briefly tries to convince you still to believe that Carly and John are both villainous um, before, you know, Carly is just murdered. You know, it's, yeah. it's it, in, in this in this weird way, the show finally decides to acknowledge the fact that like, hey, Carly Morgenthau is a relatively petite woman. You know, super soldier serum or not up against, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't really know how the super soldier serum works. I don't think that it just makes everyone equally strong. I figure like that's not how that works. Um, and in the end, she's just disposed of, right? Like she is yeah. turned into a martyr, right? Which is, you know, one of the most dangerous things that can happen with like revolutionary leaders. But with this, and while that, like, while the show tries to gesture at that with, you know, that hint at the end that the flag smashers aren't gone. It mm -hmm. just felt like you really saddled all of this non-existent import to this character only for us to see her murdered and carried like a Jesus figure. Mm -hmm. And to what end, right? Like, I don't understand how between like killing Carly and also giving john walker a ridiculously unbelievable brief turn back to good yeah i don't understand how i'm supposed to sit here and watch this show and come away with like a solid yeah. idea of like where it stands on the ideas it's working with his i'm back moment at the end of the episode was so awkward i i the, it, it had it had no gravity to it and it felt Unearned. How is this like, man I, fighting with a homemade shield that he made in the basement up against people <laughs> with an actual vibranium shield? How'd that work? How? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, uh, I don't what? know. What? Like, bro, I if don't you can, know. If you can, if you can weld it together, it should not work in the field fighting superhumans. <laughs> it was awkward. It was so awkward. Also, like, there was a moment uh, when they're all split up and Sam is dealing with his issue 
and then Bucky and John are dealing with their issue and then Bucky and John resolve their issue and they walk away and Bucky even who was it was it Bucky or was it John one of them like pats the other one on the back as they're walking away no then, it's like Bucky. Cas- it's Bucky and he's like I don't Bucky. I don't hear what all you well, you know I didn't I didn't, I didn't I didn't hear what you said but I heard like a black man with the shield and it's like that's not no, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying that, that that's Bucky and John walking away. And he, like there were two backpats in this episode. That's why you're getting confused. <laughs> because I noticed that as well. Like that was apparently how them boys interact with each other. And that's how they communicate. Um, you know, got to be masculine about it. And uh, no, because there's you're talking about when he's walking away from the speech and does that awkward moment with him which I didn't get what the joke was and I didn't get what the chuckle was there for but I'm talking about when they're still fighting and they've all split off Uh and 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 Sam finds you know uh, uh, I think he's looking for Carly or something like that and John and Bucky go and do their fight and they finish their fight they walk away and they pat each other on the back and I was like that's not how their interaction should be right now and then on top of that they're also just casually walking away while Sam is still like feverishly fighting what's going on outside and they're just acting like their fights it was just it was just it was just a sense of uh self-awareness of everything that was happening in the moment that felt off yeah like even like even now right i never really got a solid vibe um partially because it's only the two of them but i never i needed like a back-to-back fighting scene with bucky and sam right like as as cliched as that is cliches aren't inherently bad right i i what that would have added to this series or this finale rather is just the idea that they are at the very least acknowledging one another's existence in space as they are trying to do the heroic thing right that moment where you visually see them sync up right and even it doesn't necessarily need to be indicative of the fact like oh they're friends now but in the moment right in the moment where it's like listen we have two hostels near us who are both significant threats to the lives of countless people whatever is going on with us it fades away because like this is who we are this is what we do instead you got a bunch of grandstanding you know um from two men who this show insists on telling us are friends despite the fact that you know that they don't have each other's phone numbers saved into their cell phones (laughs) yeah you needed that that you know the moment in age of ultron where they have to defend that uh magnet from all the bots coming in you have that big old sweeping circular shot of them all fighting the robots or the end of civil war when when bucky and cap are you know uh two manning iron man and and working in unison together like you need something reminiscent of that of like the team up there was in you and here's the thing like the series did try to do that back when it first introduced lamar hoskins um, who I have to bring up because of what I feel was like the one of the worst, you know, an, an, another like perfect example of the ways in which this show is trying to engage with real world politics, right? Um, it's John Walker saying something to the effect of, you didn't think Lamar's life mattered? And it's like, okay, all right. Falcon the Winter Soldier, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing, right? Um, because the show quite unceremoniously murdered Lamar. Lamar's not a real person, right? He's not. Um, but Lamar is an idea that we are using, that the show is using to try to illustrate an idea, right? We all, we're all on the same page about that. Lamar brought in literally a black sidekick um, who was brought in just to be John's support, ends up getting yeah. caught and murdered in the field. And that is the impetus that 
turns John into the evil, messed up, roid rage Captain America. For that to sort of be the function that Lamar played in this show, and then for the show to try to tap into the Black Lives Matter conversation through John Walker, a man who is palling around with the comics Madame Hydra, that's Mm -hmm. not just in poor taste, or rather what I wanted to say is that's not just working with a lot of ideas um, that weren't pulled together well. That was all just in really poor taste, right? Um, Mainly because this show, much in the same way that it had no idea um, where to sort of land on in terms of its characterizations for Bucky and Sam, John's characterization was all over this episode, all over this episode. You know, you've got scary, angry John, who's just like, I want revenge for Lamar, and I'm... I'm filled with this bootleg serum that's made me the worst version of myself. And it's like, oh, but I'm all, yeah. I also want to do a little bit of heroism. And it's like, okay. But then the episode also tries to play him for laughs um, yeah. towards the end once he gets his yeah. name changed and becomes U.S. agent. And um, surprise, uh, Val, yeah. but not Val is back. And uh, John's wife is there. And, you know, and it's like, oh, why is he taking so long? It's probably the helmet. Tee hee hee. And it's like, well, what is the... What is the, it's, it's, I understand, I understand, I I can situate myself within the reality of the show and understand, oh, like this is another villainous origin story, right? Perhaps we're looking at the, the foundation of the Thunderbolt, sure. But as, um, as, as, as something that happened within this show, as something that was specifically put into the script, to what end? Why are we playing this for laughter? Why are we pivoting from John Walker murdering someone very viciously and animalistically? And just, we should um, take a moment to really respect Riot, what, like Wyatt Russell, you know, did a good job, right? He played deranged white man very well, right? Like, oh, that yeah. white man who everyone trusts for some reason, despite the fact that we know that a lot of animals disappeared in the neighborhood that he grew up in as a child, <laughs> right, you know, right. who could have seen this coming, right? Like, right. like he very much like captured that well. Um, mm-hmm. And then this show at the end is like, <laughs> um, not Selena Myers here, still cracking jokes. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, is that, is that supposed to be funny? I, cause it's, cause it's not right? It's not funny. If if John Walker is supposed to be this insidious kind of institutional evil yeah. that gets off, even when it is exposed in its ugliest form, don't make light of that, right? Because in making light of that, the, the show itself is not, it's not shedding light on anything. It is participating in the problem. Sure. I agree. And now you've also got me think, I'm sorry, you got, you distracted my brain when you mentioned Thunderbolts. And I'm like, they mentioned the raft a lot in this show. Are we are we not far from a thunderbolt? Can you believe that the Dora Milaje actually took Zemo back to the raft? I thought they were lying. I truly, oh, I, no. I, I thought they yeah. were going to be like, no, 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 he's coming. He's like, yeah, 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 we're going back to the raft. Wink, wink. He is buried somewhere in the Wakandan jungles is what I was thinking. He is, he, uh, his head is mounted on one of the Dora Milaje's dorms or something. Uh, that's what I like. And then he just smiling while he's in the raft like no at the very least he should be in a wakandan prison but uh but again you 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 you're the writers and you get to decide i guess what these characters do right and listen we are we are critiquing the show for what it is and i i coming out of this i'm like all right zemo so you are um a master tactician right who right you know likes to broker power and um okay 
all right. I, I still don't really understand, um, you know, like as one of the last Sokovians alive, I don't really understand what Zemo's motivation is exactly. Like I, I feel like at one point the idea was like, all right, well, he's a disillusioned, you know, rich, crazy person who with uh, as a man without a country is now just sort of like a chaos agent. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know against who. You know, um, I'm not exactly sure with Zemo still out in the wild, like who he is meant to sort of be an antagonist towards. I think what the show was was really trying to emphasize about him was that uh, while what I got from Civil War was that he was very anti Avengers, they were like, no, he's just anti super soldiers and anti superheroes. And they and they tried to kind of rewrite him in that way um, because of like multiple times in his episodes, they were. They kept reiterating like how he's the expert on and being anti super soldier, you know, that kind of thing. Like he is the Batman of of taking down super soldiers. Which but but that's such a that's such a in a in a post in game world, that's such a that's such small potatoes. Right. You know what I mean? And that's such a and that was also the issue with Carly. It's like, okay, cool. You're super strong and super fast. So what? Like what are you going to do with <laughs> and, and as a villain, it's like, I'm the villain who goes out and I seek out all the super soldiers. It's like, bro, we have aliens now. We have aliens and like immortal witches. Like I I know. Th- in the news they're like but... announcing like uh so and so is now connected to, uh, who is it uh amelia clark is it connected to secret invasion i'm like yo we're gonna be dealing with bigger things than just you know a, a, a guy who's mad at super soldiers like like the scroll are coming you know there's there's a whole invasion and nobody knows about it but that's very nice that you found out how to like deadlift more than you know <laughs> that old man at your gym okay great <laughs> oh we have we have just been dragging this show well the, and the thing is but the thing is like i don't i don't i oh, i'm not feeling bad for it i'm saying i'm like how much how much longer do we need to convince people that we think that this this was a bad canon I listen, listen, I will say this. If anything, I think that this ship could be righted, particularly if the next movie is really meant to be a continuation of this. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the studio um, makes its next decision in the wake of the series, Um, because as much as these things are planned out way in advance, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the feet, like, you know, the response to the show ends up influencing the shape of the next movie. Um, it would be, it's going to be interesting to see if the next movie is like, oh no, it's another, you know, it's a, it's another Captain America movie that's functioning as, you know, an Avengers-ish movie or it's oh, yeah, really like, just, like you know, a civil war, that kind like of thing. Like civil war. Yeah. I, I, I will say that there might be an instance where this could be righted in that, um, take away too much, take away so much runway from them, like make them fit their story into a two hour movie. You might, you might take away some of the stretching that they had to do throughout the whole series. Um, like all, all of it to say, like, they could very well, if you only give them two hours or less to make a movie, they might have a, a more succinct idea to sell. Um, possibility. I'm not saying that's out of out of the blue. And 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 you know something good could come from this. I personally, right now, because of my reaction to the show, am not extremely excited about them. But I, you know, you, you'd be surprised what what uh, the the MCU team and Feige and everybody can can pull out. You know, with another chance at something.
John, I know you didn't have a headcanon, but I do, and I want to ask it to you to wrap this up. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Look at that. Look at that. See? Surprise. Surprise. You ready? You ready? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, we know that Sam's old wings um, got got. They, they got torn off. And Torres just has them. Um, my question for you, what in your headcanon is Torres doing with those, uh, with those salvage wings? I didn't even think about that. He's he's literally holding on to like Stark tech at that point. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. the wings are detached, but there's definitely a lot of a lot of smart devices inside of there. I don't know. I mean, uh, it could be the the whole like dismantling, you know, vulture kind of story of uh reverse engineering some Stark stuff and and uh oh, he, he that could be the origin story of another character. Who who could who would that be if like is there a military character in comics that goes tech like i'm thinking like even like i can't even think of anybody but you you know he's you know he's attaching those to some backpack and trying to get those things to work he has yeah, you to mean be. like like his comic book counterpart yeah <laughs> the, at the very least he's he's like holding on to them and jumping off his bed and seeing how long he can hold himself up in the air with them like that oh, for sure that's definitely <laughs> what he's doing uh i i definitely i, I the show made it very very clear by the end of it because of like how much he uses his jets uh sam i was like does he need the wings what are the wings for at this point like could, could, i get that it's his brand he's falcon is that what it is it's just brand loyalty at that point like he has to have the wings um maybe uh recall black panther recall black panther um and the most important conversation about superhero costumes that has ever been committed to <laughs> what they say in black panther remind recall, me recall young shuri making fun of her older brother t'challa oh, being like I, oh you know they're shooting at me and i'm putting on my helmet now listen i'm a firm believer that sam needs to put a goddamn helmet on but <laughs> at the very cover least his ears. cover that can, man's ears i when he wrapped himself in the wings to protect him himself from um you're right I don't know, bullet fire that was great you're right so, you're in right in my they... mind in my mind though torres has those wings right he's not going to become a superhero do you see magic mike <laughs> remember how like magic mike's whole thing he's like i'm a stripper but my passion is furniture and he made like found furniture with crap and like garbage and everyone's like oh my god you're oh, so he's... fine and you're also a craftsman i feel like it's that but like with tech you said, have you seen Magic Mike? My brain went to like Mike, and I didn't know what connection you were making to, uh, to the show where the little kid finds uh, my, uh, uh, Michael Jordan's shoes and gets Michael Jordan's... Uh, do you know what movie I'm talking about when I say like Mike? You act like people don't know who Lil Bow Wow is, John. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, heard, I heard a lot of <laughs> silence, and I was like, I understand I'm 36 and I got some ages on you, but we got to know, is it be like Mike or is it like Mike? It's like Mike. It's like, it's Mike. like okay. Mike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, this episode on. went silly really fast. My God. All right. <laughs> that brings this episode of The Real Canon to a close. If you liked what you heard, and we know you did, please be sure to give us a follow and don't miss a single episode of the show. Uh, we have new episodes coming out every Tuesday. Yep. And if this is your first episode and first time checking us out and you want to talk more about what we covered today, if you want to, you know, hear what we think about things like Thunderbolts and Secret Invasion or stuff like that, or if you just want to talk to us about um, little Bow Wow movies, check us out on social. We're posting extra stuff all the time at Real Cannon Pod. Yeah. Um, roll bounce is really, really, really underrated. Like, I feel like it's not, I'm not even kidding. It's what is not, little Bow Wow up to? Let's find out. No, we got to close this. We, we're, we're, okay, it's Bow Wow, and we're done here. Everyone, please get ready, get hyped, and we'll be back next week with more of the real canon. Bye.